It's derby time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands with Dan the coach and Jackie the skater. The fun will never end. It's derby time. Welcome to the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. I promised you a surprise last week, and here it is. Today, you will get to hear the sit-down conversation I had with Lady Trample last weekend. Oh, it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. This happened. I am so pumped. It was fantastic. She is just as lovely as she seems in person. So uh, Lady Trample was teaching a clinic at the skate park four hours away. I got up at 5.30 a.m. to make sure we would get there on time, and my friends were very accommodating to me. Thank you again if you're listening for getting up so early and driving, and even after the car actually wouldn't start inexplicably, we still made it on time, and I was able to chat with Lady Trample before she had to gear up for class. Now... I'm sure there are some people who might be listening to the podcast for the first time because of the name recognition, and I want to let you know a little bit about how this episode is going to go. I'm going to lead with some talk about bravery, the idea of bravery, and segue into the conversation with Lady Trample, and then finish up with summarizing the really important points from the conversation and sharing a story of my teammate's mindset when she went through this clinic and what she learned, because I think so many people could actually relate to her struggle. So today's topic is bravery. We hear that bravery is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Today, we're going to talk a lot about responding to fear, how to combat fear, and even which risks are worth taking and which ones aren't. So when we think about bravery, we often picture like extraordinary acts of bravery. One of the ones that always comes to mind for me is that scene in the first Captain America movie where, you know, they had some doubts about who they were going to make into the character who would eventually become Captain America. They're looking around the place like, how about this big guy? And the one person's like, no, I believe in this one. Oh, the little guy? Like, yeah, Steve Rogers, he's the one. And what happened was he threw a grenade in the middle and yelled, grenade! Everybody else ran away, ducked for cover, like took care of themselves. Steve Rogers jumped on that grenade and covered it with his body. Now, nothing happened because it wasn't actually a live grenade, but he would have sacrificed himself for everybody. So that scene always gives me the feelings and the chills. It's just so beautiful. Uh, Another movie scene I can think of is... uh, That scene in Wonder Woman when she tells all the men like, hey, I'm done listening to you guys right now. You guys keep telling me what I can and can't do. 
I need to go out there and save some people. I'm tired of this war. I'm going to go out there and do something about it. And she just marches onto the battlefield, draws all the fire, and they're able to get to their wounded and go save that village. And it's all kinds of awesome. But unless we're in a profession that puts our lives at risk, like law enforcement or being a soldier or saving lives, like anything in the medical field, like chances are most of us, we're going to have like maybe two or three instances in the course of our entire lifetime where we might do extraordinary acts of bravery without like thinking about it. In our daily lives, if we don't practice facing our fears, we won't do it. There are more and more people in the world coming forward with anxiety every day who some have trouble just reaching out to someone or making a phone call. Some of us don't feel we can do brave things. We only think other people can do brave things. But whether you realize it or not, you do brave things already. You just don't see it that way compared to other people. Maybe it's because you don't have a dramatic score playing in the background and a wind machine, but you do do brave things. Like for example, if you are a parent and decided to create a human being and get them ready to be out in the world on their own, that's pretty brave. I can't wrap my mind around it. I, I'm not ready for something like that. I can't do that. But so many of you are. <laughs> If you have ever showed up at a skate park and tried some things, some things, you are braver than most people in this world already. Those kids on their scooters can be really intimidating, okay? Like, I went once six years ago as an adult, and they made fun of me for wearing gear. I was bullied, and I eventually left with my tail between my legs. <laughs> I didn't try much stuff. I really didn't know what to do. and But I did vow I would go back again someday, like with a posse. But I didn't. I was afraid of looking stupid. Uh, but that's what made me end up going to the clinic was I was really excited someone could teach us the things that actually knows. <laughs> There's also this fear of getting hurt that really prevents us from trying things. Like I know plenty of derby people who won't go skiing or ice skating or try rugby because they don't want to risk injury for the derby season. It's, it's just too big of a risk. At the skate cart park clinic, I actually talked to a skater who was organizing everything behind the scenes and asked, Hey, like, are you going to do a class? And she's like, Oh no, it's, it's too close to game season. I can't risk an injury right now. And I can understand and sympathize. Like I've been there. Uh, not only is this person one of the best players on her team, she's the leader and has been for many years. The risk versus reward does not match up for her. And if you're only thinking about getting hurt, you won't have a good time anyway. If the skate park gives you anxiety, you won't come back. And what we one of the things that was really drilled at this clinic was it should be fun. This should be fun, just pure fun. If you're not having fun, Go do something else. There's so many things you can do here. Pick a different thing to do. I, 
As far as like getting hurt goes, when I was trying out those rugby practices last fall, I actually asked them not to full on tackle me for the two weeks before our season ending tournament because we don't wear any protective gear in rugby and I didn't want my team to kill me. But honestly, if you think about it, we can get hurt anytime we go to derby practice. I think we forget that we are taking risks every time we show up because we get used to it. So right there, act of bravery, like, look, you're doing something kind of risky here. Like, and we can hurt, we can get hurt doing normal stuff. Like one of my worst injuries was missing a stair, going down the stairs in the dark and messing up my back for six months. But we don't go around getting worried about being hurt every day, just doing normal stuff, like going down some stairs. (laughs) If you are listening to this uh, podcast, which you are because you can hear me, it it is primarily a roller derby podcast, though we do talk a lot about how to make ourselves as human beings better and stronger. But, you know, if you've chosen to listen to a roller derby podcast, odds are at some point you went to your very first roller derby practice. You probably remember your heart rate walking through the door, not really knowing what to expect. Would you be able to make friends? Would anyone be like you? Could you fit in with these tough skaters? Could you actually do these skills on skates and hit people, become a roller derby player? Would you be good enough to get rostered in a game? Want to know what happened to me when I announced my intention to play roller derby? Dan, now known as Coach Dan to all of you, he definitely raised an eyebrow. (laughs) I did not have a track record for toughness. I was uh, much more delicate back then. And my parents, whom I love and respect, I'm pretty close to, they actually went so far as to tell me no like on the phone with him, like, no, Gina, you're going to get hurt. No, you're not doing that. No. What? (laughs) This was their last official act of trying to tell me what to do as, as parents that they, they felt like they had to try, but I, I kind of had to stand up for myself and let them know like, Hey, I'm in my late twenties. Like at that time I was, I'm a little older now. I'm married. I'm financially independent from you. I'm living in my own home. I'm not asking permission. (laughs) Sorry, mom and dad. Like, it was kind of weird to stand up to my parents and be like, well, you know, I'm kind of a grown ass woman. (laughs) I get to swear a little bit because Lady Trample uh, accidentally dropped a fox bomb uh, during her. So this episode is explicit, like be afraid. It's still fine to listen to with your kids. I'm sure it won't be a big deal. (laughs) But really, it is hard to go try something tough. And your primary support system, they're not really sure if you can do it. Like, my parents did not see me in a game until two years later. Like, we lived, like, five hours apart back then. I felt like I had to prove to them I was capable of doing this because they had so much doubt up front. And you know what? I played that game fearlessly to show them how much I had changed in the last two years. I wanted them to see like, 
this is the new me. I have learned a lot in this time, and this is what I'm about now. In your roller derby career, at least once, you will be put in a position where you will get the chance to win the game for your team. It will happen at some point, probably multiple times. This story was my first. I was on a bout poster for the first time. It was my birthday. My parents are coming to see me for the first time ever. It was my first season with the A-team and trust had been building. Like people were starting to believe in the Jackie Bauer. This was a very close game and it came down to the last jam. We just needed lead and a few points to make sure we had the victory. There was like this, this group of men I didn't know who were cheering for me, cheering for me. Who am I? I, I, this is my first year on the A team. How do you know? Oh, they know my name. Cause I'm on the bout poster. Well, apparently I had caught their eye from, from my gameplay on this day, but there was like this Jackie, Jackie, like that is just crazy. Like that. <laughs> I still can't believe this ever happened. This, this is a story. Um, so I got put out in the last jam and I was primarily a blocker at this time. And I held the opposing jammer. Like she was getting to the front and I held her. I knocked her out, ran her back. And that gave our jammer the chance to get lead. And we won the game. My parents have never doubted me again in anything I've ever said that I'm going to do. Like they have become my biggest fans and they try to come as often as they can to my games now that we live in the same state. And all of this started with having the courage to try, just to try, just to go try roller derby. All right, we're going to go into our Lady Trample interview. And if you don't know who Lady Trample is, let me, let me educate you a little bit here. Lady Trample is the founder of Chicks and Bowls, which is this wonderful community for skate park skaters with chapters all over the world. She is an exceptional roller derby jammer. Started with Pirate City Rollers and then went to Victorian Roller Derby League where she competed in multiple playoffs, championship games. She's recently transferred to Denver Roller Derby. She was even awarded MVP of the 2017 WFTDA Championship Tournament. And she played at the Roller Derby World Cup for Team New Zealand, which was called, I'm going to try and say this right, Awa, no, Awatea Roa. Uh, I really tried to practice beforehand. Oh, well, anyway, amazing team, 2018 Roller Derby World Cup, and she was named tournament fan favorite. She's pretty spectacular, and uh, after this quick sponsor break, I'll be so happy to introduce you to Lady Trample. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Everyone, this is Lady Trample. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Do you like to go by Lady Trample? any short version i'm not very picky i have two friends that call me lady and they're pretty much the only people that do so it feels weird when anyone else does but trample tramps oh i may have just reached out to you with a hey lady in the message that's totally fine no no don't don't worry about it okay cool so 
the topic this week is bravery, and I chose it because I considered you to be a pretty brave roller derby skater, and you founded Chicks and Bowls, which is something that really intimidates a lot of people still when they approach doing any kind of like ramp skating like this for the first time. So I guess my first question would be, what kind of advice would you give skaters who are approaching this for the first time? You're going to see a lot of them today. If you could, like, give them, each of them a hug and a little word of encouragement, like, what direction would you send them in? Well, I don't quite give them hugs, but there is a lot of hand-holding in my classes. <laughs> uh, because I feel like sometimes when you, you had physical connection, for those of us that are kinesthetic anyway, you can mm-hmm. take a lot of the fear and pressure away from them. And it becomes a shared learning experience, which Mm is uh, something that I'm very passionate about. Um, My biggest piece of advice for anyone, and this isn't just for park skating, I use this in roller derby as well in just real life, is uh, to be patient with your progress and to actually enjoy the ride. So if you, you know, come to the skate park and you have expectations of being as good as like Andy Gemma Jones or Haley Havoc or, you know, all of these incredible park skaters or skaters or derby players or whoever they are, then you're going to have a really bad time because you're so focused on trying to reach something that takes a long time to get to. Um, Whereas if you're a little bit more patient and you allow yourself to progress at your own rate, you'll actually be able to enjoy the learning part of this journey which is going to continue throughout because even when you get to the point where you're doing crazy things there's always someone doing crazier things right so you have to just be inspired by it but not put pressure on it to be it yet okay so um has there ever been a situation where you you know showed up to try something new and it was like really hard to get your mind wrapped around it and you had to like give yourself a pep talk or like (laughs) what goes through your brain when you're trying something for the first time that you're not sure if you're going to be able to nail it so I do exactly the thing that I just told people (laughs) not to do and I'm like they did it I can Um, which is great but it's also really bad because sometimes you push yourself uh, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone I think is something that's really important to do and there is a lot of adrenaline and just amazing energy that you can get from that Um, but at the same time if you're just doing it for someone else, then it's it's not actually for you. In, in which case, you can kind of... Uh, that's, I think, when you get hurt. Um, the, a really good example is the first time I went to Woodward West, which is a, an amazing skate park facility in Tehachapi, just outside of, uh, outside of um, L.A., and there was a vert ramp and I was reasonably new to vert skating so I'd done it before but I was still kind of like fresh enough and vert is like anything that goes to straight so it was I think it was 12 foot um and my team were there the CAB skate team were there and they were all dropping in and just making it look so good and I wound myself up into a headspace where I felt like I had to and I didn't and they weren't trying to make me do it they were just encouraging me because they knew that I could and um I got so scared that I did something without fully committing to it just to try and trick myself into thinking that I should do it and I basically stepped off the edge like walking a plank or like stepping off a diving board I just walked straight off and fell of course because I wasn't in skating stance and I bruised my ego really badly um I was actually fine my ego I I just I shook myself and I and then I had to like try and get over it and I was like violently shaking because I was so nervous so I actually um I'm really proud of myself when I felt I was like you know what I'm not going to do that today I'm going to go and do something else that I really enjoy doing Mm -hmm. and move to a different part of the skate park and then had a great day but you know <laughs> so I, I definitely have those moments and I still get that like you see me on a boat ramp and I have to tell myself a thousand percent that I'm gonna commit to it and that I'm gonna do it and I enjoy it because there's a thrill to it but it's scary it's hard yeah. <laughs> so you you dealt with it by basically like 
go do something you're a little bit more confident at so yeah. that you can immediately at least pump yourself back up again and not be you, completely yeah. deflated by this one thing. Do what you enjoy. And that's, that's another piece of advice that I give to people is that there's so many different types of skating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like in roller derby, you can jam or you can block or you can do both. And in park mm-hmm. skating, you could be a mini ramp skater or a vert skater or a street skater or a little bit of everything. You could be focusing on coping tricks and getting really technical with your footwork mm-hmm. or more like airs and rotations or inverts and hand plants or a combination of things. And the, the moment where I started to push myself into trying to do everything was the moment that I stopped enjoying it. And the second that I took my pressure, the pressure off myself to try and be like jack of all in the skate parks, mm-hmm. I really started to enjoy the things that I personally was good at. So you won't see me sliding a rail. I can't uh-huh. technically do it. I know how to get onto a rail and slide, mm-hmm. but I don't enjoy it. So I've stopped doing it because of the fair to fun ratio doesn't, it doesn't match up. <laughs> So you don't worry about like collecting every skill that's out there in the world anymore just to see if you can. You're more interested in like just specializing in what you're interested in. Yeah, and doing what yeah. I enjoy. And and that's a really, that was a really hard thing for me because um, you know being who I am with CIB uh, and I go to the skate park and people, it's not the pe- I put I put other people's expectations on me. Mm-hmm. People aren't actually watching and being like Trample didn't slide a rail, but <laughs> I put the pressure on myself to be like people are going to notice that I don't do street. It's like so I started trying to do it and I just didn't enjoy it and I was like you know what fuck it I'm gonna stick to what I like mm-hmm. I also swore I'm sorry I don't know if this is a swearing that's, podcast that's okay <laughs> I can mark it as this one has some swearing in it it'll be okay, okay. you will be forgiven <laughs> I also like that you talked about how you know you have an idea in your head of what other people's expectations are of you and that that gets and it doesn't have to be that way you can do exactly what you want and people are still gonna love and respect you for what you do already it's actually more fun to watch someone having fun yeah than it is to watch someone do something that they don't want to do yes (laughs) that's real and that's something that i get a lot of pleasure at when i watch people park skate as well when i see them click with a style of skating i'm Mm -hmm. like that person loves this they are having so much fun and Mm -hmm. it is great to push outside your comfort zone so i am i don't regret learning to do rails and stuff like that because it was it was fun and i was learning with a friend and she was super great to skate with but I just like the second that I took that off I was I was able to enjoy the things that I really wanted to do and that's what I'm hoping to be able to do today is teach people in a way where they can try this and I hope that they fall in love with it because I love watching people fall in love with park skating Mm -hmm. but I always try and bring home that it's like this isn't the only kind this is we're working on one type of transition Mm -hmm. from here you can go anywhere and you can pick a style or you can you can do everything and I know plenty of people that love doing bits of everything and that's just a personality thing yeah (laughs) I've got some friends that are definitely just straight up beginners and they'll be trying to work on their uh confidence today (laughs) awesome i'm really excited to work with them yeah um i guess i do want to talk briefly about roller derby as well just um what would you give advice for skaters who are looking to take more risks in games and are just afraid to do the things like i think i see you take lots of risks it looks like you don't mind if it doesn't work out you're just happy to try it so, um, and that's a really hard thing because depending on what your role is on the team and where you're kind of situated, um, there can be a lot of pressure to, to play and perform in a particular way. Um, but some risk taking is half of it. I mean, it's a crazy sport. If you become readable, um, or consistent in a style, then someone that the teams will learn how to shut you down. Even if you have the most insane move, if you just have one insane move, they will eventually learn how to cover it. Um, so uh, one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was from my, one of my coaches and dear friends called Sausage Rolls. And he told oh, me... I love to, him. I met him at RollerCon last year. He's amazing, right? He's so nice. He's, 
uh, like I have so much to thank him for, but one of the best things he ever taught me was to create a pattern and then break mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And from there, I've kind of turned that into the idea of being consistently inconsistent, which is a yes. weird thing to aim for. Um, <laughs> but I know I did well if I wasn't consistent in my pattern. And I definitely have days or games or jams where I'm like, everything I did was very calculated and very obvious. Mm-hmm. And I can feel that because the team can feel that, that I'm against and I can feel my success falling away. <laughs> and in a jam where I didn't get held or touched as much, or maybe it was probably because I was being more dynamic. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I guess, are there any examples of like stories of you went into a game and you weren't in the right headspace and you had to pull yourself out of it and maybe how you would have done that. Uh, so again, sausage is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> um, so my first ever tournament with Viardigal was the playoffs in Vancouver in 2006, 16, 17, 16. Um, and I was so nervous. I was so freaking nervous. I hadn't actually played with the team properly yet. Like, I missed the big O when I joined Viardial, and then I obviously had to work my way up to the spot. And I wasn't sure if I was going to make the All-Stars in the first year. or It was a goal. I just didn't know how long it was going to take me to get there. And I finally made it, and I had imposter syndrome. I didn't feel like I was supposed to be there. I, I was... just did an episode all about that. It's, it's a real thing. And I yes. have that in a lot of different ways in life, but I'm really good at identifying it. But anyway, at this point, I wasn't so good at identifying it. I just knew that I was watching all of these people that I'd been watching for years, mm-hmm. and I was about to play a game with and against them. And I just kind of was freaking out. I had really high anxiety before the game. And I'm, I'm not a super anxious person, but it definitely kicked in. And uh, Sausage came up to me, and he told me to back myself. He's like, we believe in you, but you need to believe in you. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And yeah, told me to back myself. And I actually have that um, on my arm. Oh, that's beautiful. I got that as a reminder. Uh, and I have it there specifically. It's it was yes, my wrist you can definitely see it. So from... I can see it when I play. Um, and I, I do use it. And if I'm feeling like I'm getting into a headspace, I look down at it. So basically, sausage is amazing. And everything he says, I'm just going to write on my body. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm, I'm looking at the time, and I definitely want to make sure you have enough time to gear up and get ready before your first class, because you have a lot of classes today. Thank you so much for, for being me. on the podcast. <laughs> and I'll send it to you when it's done, okay? Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Yay. Hey there, friends. Want to know how you can support the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast and look super cool doing it? Our store has a bunch of roller derby designs that can be put on all kinds of super soft, high quality t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, notebooks, mugs, stickers, blankets, and more at Threadless. Whether you love cartoon animals on roller skates like our Apex Predator T-Rex or Jam-A-Llama to messages like Roller Derby Strong and My Mom Plays Roller Derby, there's really something for everybody. Visit powerforthwhistle.threadless.com that's p-o-w-e-r the number four t-h-w-h-i-s-t-l-e dot threadless.com thank you for your support and back to our show and we're back isn't she wonderful just a lovely person i want to further discuss five important takeaways from this conversation One, she said, be patient with your progress and learn to enjoy the ride. Yeah, there's probably always going to be somebody out there doing crazier stuff than you are. But if you can enjoy the journey, 
in anything in life, this doesn't have to be skate park, this doesn't have to be roller derby, there's probably always somebody ahead of you. But if you can enjoy this journey of your life, keep getting better at the things you want to pursue at your own rate, you're going to be a lot happier and more likely to keep going with it. Number two, if your ego gets bruised after a failure, it's super okay to go work on some other things that make you happy and give you confidence before trying again. Because successful people are those who've fallen dozens or hundreds of times, but get right back up. Number three, the fear to fun ratio is important. So I'm going to go into a little story now. When my Friends and I ran into Lady Trample toward the end of the day. She actually broke down this fear to fun ratio. If it's like 50% fear, 50% fun, that's a really good balance for trying new things and still having a good time. Like, yeah, let's go. But if it's more like 70% fear and 30% fun, this thing might not be worth it today. And you can go work on something else. And that is okay. So let's, let's take this into a story from the skate clinic. So my teammates and I, my friends, we took a beginner class because we don't know what we're doing and we want to get it right. And she taught us like the staggered stance, the proper way to pump your legs, a bunch of add-on moves you can do from there once you've mastered the process of going up and down smoothly. And during this class, like both of my teammates were doing really well. I saw them succeeding at many of the moves. I was a little stiff for some reason and was just like, well, all over the place, but I laughed a lot. And so that was fine. <laughs> and then Lady Trample takes us over to practice what it feels like to drop into a bowl. It's a little intimidating. She showed us like where our feet should be, we're keeping our weight forward, all those things. We could choose from the two methods she was teaching on this day to drop in. And she was offering to literally hold your hand from the bottom of this three foot drop. And while she was not gonna be able to prevent your fall, if you were gonna fall, she, she did make it easier if you did. And uh, she warned us that even though it was only three feet tall, it would seem a lot higher once we got up there. And she was right. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, it seems really tall when you're up there. I'm like, huh, I, I see above everyone. Oh, <laughs> and in this beginner class, I had already seen there's like several people that already had the attachment to the bottom of their skates, like that you can get from chicks and bowls that that white plastic piece or whatever it is. Um, it can you can help you like for stalling on the coping, which is that thing where you like pause and strike a pose and do something really cool or whatever. And even some of these people who like already had the super cool equipment and whatever, like they were doing the drop-in and falling. And I was like, oh, me and my teammates were looking at each other like, oh no, like the people who we thought we were going to get it easily aren't getting it. Like this could be really tough. I, I don't know. But I decided, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I want to do this for my friends. I want to make them feel better. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be spectacular and they're going to feel encouraged and motivated, or I'm going to fall and laugh and they're going to laugh with me and that'll be fine. Everything about this will be fine. It's, this is like a class of 20 people and they're all watching you 
and waiting for their turn and they want you to succeed, but they're also waiting for their turn and we all know the time is limited. So you're up there and you can almost feel the clock running, but you know, get up there. I'm on top of the world, seemingly the three foot world. And after a quick conference over which foot I should lead with, Lady Trample held my hand gently and I focused like only on her face and where I was going. And I did it and it was fine. It felt like I had just gone down a slide on my skates. And I was like, I, wee! Like, I, I think I even did the wee because it felt good. It felt so good. <laughs> and after each person did have a successful attempt, like she'd try to help someone to a successful attempt. And then she'd tell them, okay, now go up there right away and do it by yourself without me. And since you had just done it, you felt exactly what it felt like. It was really easy to get your body like, okay, this is exactly what I need to do and go. And it worked exactly the same way. Training wheels were off and it was glorious. The adrenaline was there. Everything was great. And my one teammate saw my success and she's like, okay, I'm going to go too. And she goes and same thing succeeds like, yay, happy, nervous, but happy. But then my, our other friend, our other teammate who was there, she was pretty nervous. Uh, like we, we kept encouraging her, like, you can do this too. We know you can, but there's all these people watching. And she said, no, I don't want to do it in front of all these people. I want to do it later. And we're like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like we will hold your hand later if that would make you happy, like anything. So happy. So after our beginner class, we were starving. So we went for a quick food break, came back, geared up again, ready to keep working on all these things we learned. So I, I immediately like, yeah, I'm going back up to that three foot thing. Cause I'm such a boss now. Uh, <laughs> I went up and like dropped in again a few times. Wee! And so did my friend who had already done it. Wee! And so then we tried to replicate the lady trample experience for our other friend who hadn't done it yet. And, uh, I tried to hold her hand, look up at her lovingly. <laughs> I don't know if it was like the length of my arms. I'm not as tall as Lady Trample, but um, my dear friend, my dear friend, uh, she went down. Um, the thing is, and Lady Trample had told us this, but even after you hear it, it's really hard to fight that urge. As soon as you go over the edge, you really want to straighten up because you think the worst part's over. And that actually takes your momentum, the weight of your body backwards, and then you end up woo, falling on your butt. Um, so we tried it twice. It did happen both times and she didn't want to try it anymore. And, uh, I didn't want to call attention to her or anything. Like I wanted to take the pressure off. I didn't want to bother her anymore because I could tell she was kind of upset. And so I looked around the corner and I saw that there was another drop in that was like a foot higher. And so I told my friend who was feeling comfortable with drop ins, like, Hey, let's go, let's go do that. Let's go do that thing. <laughs> and, and that friend got the pressure from me because I'm giving her the big face and all the encouragement. And I guess when I left her up there to do it on her own, she was swearing to herself the whole time and a small family of foxes came out of her mouth. But we both did it. And we were feeling like so jubilant and proud of ourselves. Like, look how cool we are now. So cool. <laughs> but then we looked around and... Our other friend who didn't do the drop-in, she was nowhere to be seen. And I got worried. And uh, we talked about it. And she told me later that what went through her, her mind was 
she was just shutting down. She was full of self-doubt. She was getting really overwhelmed by all these skateboarders and scooter children and all the noise because it was very noisy in there. And she was really disappointed in herself for falling so much. Now let's remember now that she fell like twice attempting the drop in. It's not that bad. And otherwise, everything else we did, like she fell as much as me and the other one did. Like we were all falling about the same amount. It, she wasn't falling more than us. She just was upset that she was falling at all. Uh, she was just so in her head about all this that she actually went to the lobby and sat down and started to gear down. She had even gotten her wrist guards off, but then she started thinking. She knew she'd be mad at herself for giving up, so she shook it off and tried again. But instead of working on the drop-in, she was going to go back to the bowl and just work on the pumping form and all the things from class. And you know what? I was so dang proud of her for coming back. She, this is my friend, and she is someone who has been working on her self-confidence for a long time. And this is a big step. Pulling herself back when her first instinct was to get out of there. She's like, no, I'm no quitter. I'm, I'm getting back in there. I'm getting back in the fight. <laughs> she told me, like, she just wanted to be so awesome at this. She wanted to show up and be awesome. Who, who wouldn't want that? And was just kind of angry when she wasn't right away. And she's comparing herself with everyone else, which is all the stuff Lady Trample talked about in our conversation earlier. So... What got her back is she remembered what Lady Trample had said about learning at your own pace and having fun. She wants to keep trying when there's like less people around and she can keep working at the pace she enjoys. And you know what? Conveniently, our practice space is going to be used on Monday night by some basketball children. So we are thinking of invading the skate park as a team together. Now, of course, we'll be polite and respectful of the space and take turns with the kids if they're there, which I'm assuming they will be. They usually are. But it's going to be so nice to have a group of people supporting each other, laughing together. And I think that's going to keep us on the path we want. Back to our list. That was all number three. Number four from this conversation is there's more joy in watching someone who's having a good time and is completely in their element. Like, you don't have to do everything if there's something you truly love and just revel in. Have you noticed how much Lady Trample smiles when she's playing roller derby or doing ramp skating? Clearly, she allows herself to feel joy when she's out there. And I think that's one of the reasons we notice her more as a skater and love watching her do what she does. Uh, you might have seen on, on Instagram or Facebook, I took a short clip of her skating in this like cool shaped bowl later in the evening after the classes were over. And she had done a ton of super cool moves throughout the day. But on this particular video, like she just had a goofy moment where something didn't really come out as planned. And you know what? She had this big laugh over it and then just hopped up on our side saying, well, that was very skilled. <laughs> I really doubt... She went home thinking about that moment or beating herself up. Like the, the take home from that is just she's not perfect either. And she doesn't have to be just because people are watching or have an idea about who she is, what she represents, what she does. She's just out there to have a good time like anyone. And finally, number five, back yourself. Tattoo it on your body or or maybe, maybe, maybe don't. Maybe 
if you want, you can tattoo it on your mind. I don't want to be responsible for your decisions. You, you decide, but your team believes in you. You need to believe in you too. And Lady Trample even had imposter syndrome, which has been a huge topic on this podcast. It's still by far the most downloaded episode we've ever had. You can find it in the feed if you want to find out more about that because it applies to so many people. 70% of people have had this at some point. So let's start wrapping it up here. Sports can bring out the best in people. You can learn to overcome your self-doubts and your fears and let your light shine brightly. And you could end up inspiring others whether you know it or not. Like really think about it. Can you remember a time when you were a hero to someone? When you showed heart, courage, fearlessness that maybe you didn't know you had? Roller derby has completely changed my life. I'm sure that is true for many of you, but I, I, I can tell you, I personally, I've learned I have a resilience I never knew I had. I don't have a fear of pain or getting hurt like I used to because now I, I know what it feels like and I know that I can heal. I know I'm tougher than I ever thought I'd get to be in this lifetime. I, I've, I have traveled internationally by myself to volunteer with animals. I have stayed overnight cuddling with cheetahs and hugging elephants, and I've gotten a kiss from a lion. I have been in enclosures with adorable vervet monkeys that are actually incredibly dangerous because if they attacked you, they would go for your like carotid artery. <laughs> I don't know if I would have done any of this without first taking the risk of being brave enough to try this sport. And don't forget, bravery, it can be small things too. Bravery can be reaching out to have a conversation with someone, like the one I got to have with Lady Trample or somebody important in your life that maybe you've been afraid to talk to. Bravery can be finally making a decision to remove something or someone that has been a negative force in your life. These quiet moments can also be bravery because they're hard to do, but you face the fear and you do it anyway. I'm going to leave you with this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. A hero is no braver than the ordinary person. They are just braver five minutes longer. Or in our case, maybe it's two minutes longer. <laughs> So thank you for listening to the podcast today. If it was your first time, welcome. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll tune in for our other episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. We can be found on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, pretty much anywhere podcasts can be heard. I was with my friend in the car the other day, and she said, I only listen to your podcast when you put up the Facebook link. And I said, well, what kind of phone do you have? An iPhone. I look, and I'm like, well... This purple app right here, this is podcasts and it's free. It's free. Like here, I'm going to help you. And I helped her subscribe. <laughs> so if you didn't know that and you're like my friend, there's a free podcast app on your iPhone and there's apps on other phones too, like a Google podcast app on your Google phone. If you have got one of those, but 
reviews on Apple Podcasts, those are a super big deal, like ratings and reviews. If you can just scroll with your finger and punch those stars, punch, 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 leave me just a quick little comment or review. Tell me about you, about how you found the podcast, uh, what it means to you, what you'd like to hear more of. And super big thank yous this week to BB What What, Hillbilly Tilly, DQ9001, and Killy Peppa for your reviews on Apple Podcast. They warmed my heart. They made me laugh. Thank you. You guys, like, you guys are really nice. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're just really nice. Thank you. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash power through fourth whistle. That's P-O-W-E-R-T-H-R-U number four T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at power fourth whistle again with the number four. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, email powerforthwhistle at gmail.com or send us a DM on any of the social stuff. Links and handles can be found in the show notes. Thank you for hanging out with me today because we have been talking about Derby and sharing Derby thoughts. Pew, pew! If you're new to the podcast, those pew pews are the lasers of positivity. I'm shooting them. Shooting them right at you. At all the spots you need positivity in your life. Pew pew!